0: You are now listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Talk, sharing insights through real, honest, and practical ways to improve your communication and relationships. Featuring your hosts, Dr. Pamela Kreiser, Meredith Edwards-Nagel, and Taylor Polindo.
1: Welcome back to another episode of our Family Survival Kit. We are here in the kitchen. Ready to talk mechanics with you about the holidays, and today we're going to get into something that all of us have experienced, and that is guilt trips. This is part of our series to help you survive the holidays with your family. Now here's the thing. When you are thinking about surviving something, the first thing that we do is we think about the journey. When you and I are packing a bag or preparing to go on a trip, we try to figure out what we're gonna need on that trip. One of the things we have to figure out is what the journey is. So as you're thinking about the holidays, and we've already done Thanksgiving, now we're headed into even more holidays, think about what journey you're going to be on. And as you start thinking about that journey, then you'll know what to pack. When I think about the journey, I also think about the weather. You know, the weather, like if it's gonna be stormy. And that's kind of where we talk about today's topic, the guilt trips, because let's be honest, some of our families are kind of stormy. They have guilt messages that they exchange and you're heading right into that storm. So the question is then, what protective gear do you need to be ready for that storm? That's what we're gonna talk about today. And when we think about the topic, we wanna think about what we need to do to prepare for the journey and also think about what we need to pack. Let's start though. Oh God, it's coming. Yeah. yeah with we're a just, quiz we're going to start with a quiz because we've never done that before <laughs> uh, and i want to make sure you don't cheat so uh, i'm just going to have to hold the cards back here okay Failing. so we've had thanksgiving so this should be easy for you because you've already celebrated thanksgiving okay is. so here's the question on thanksgiving day in the united states there are three main programs that are popular to watch on television mm. Oh. and on? the question is what can you name two of the top three programs that the bugging you there? have to
0: name two. Well, I just wanted to get that one in there, Peter. Okay. Football.
1: Okay. Um. <laughs> that was a really great show. Um. Okay. Awesome. Don't they play a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving or something? I cannot confirm that. Can you two, name
2: three things? Two to...
1: of the three top programs in the United States on television on Thanksgiving. Yes.
2: Things you watch is on. is there Thanksgiving? a parade? Macy's Day Parade. Oh, great, cool. No, that's Christmas. So there's a lot of cheating going on here.
0: Okay. Um, no, I'm going with football,
2: and we'll just do Charlie Brown. Okay, I don't
0: know. I think
2: football and a parade. A parade? Can uh, you name that parade? It's not
1: the.
0: <laughs> Didn't I just tell <laughs> you? Yeah, you did. Oh wait, dead. it really is a
2: Maceous Day Parade.
0: Oh yeah. Okay, me?
2: so oh, yeah,
1: so is it possible for you both to lose the quiz?
2: To
0: both lose? Wait, wait. Can we
2: pot? Pa- <laughs> can I think of another thing? What? What do people want? Mm.
0: What do they watch? We're just three than programs. everyone else because we're spending intentional time with. Yeah,
2: me. I'm spending time with my. I'm, like, so okay. I'm sorry. I, I wish I could spend time watching. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I don't know. I don't know that's you. Okay, we're
1: missing the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Its official title. Oh, okay. but you had that, and we also have the National Dog Show. What? That's very big in my household. That's the number one show that we watch. Very important family tradition to wow. prepare Thanksgiving and watch the National Dog Show.
0: I didn't know that was a thing.
1: I think uh, it's very much a thing. My I feel like I'm missing out though because it, it sounds really cool. And what we do is we watch the dogs parade and we pick out people we know that look like the dogs. That sounds like a better that way to serious. watch that. It's a really good time. It's, it's kind of shocking how some people really do resemble certain dogs. That is funny. <laughs> Okay, on average, through the whole holidays, on average, how much weight do people gain?
0: 20.
1: Okay, so here's your choices. You ready? Five pounds, 10 pounds, one pound, three pounds. On average, five, Five. three. Average one.
0: (gasps) Isn't that crazy? That's it? People yeah, are so gaining it's, no weight, and that's bouncing out for
1: Well, that's true, but it's just funny because it's a, actually a widely held myth that we gain weight at the holidays. And a lot of people say that we move a lot during the holidays, too, because oh. we have to go places and do things. Yeah. What's our family. net gain? It's usually under a pound. Oh, I know. So we're going to do a tiebreaker because you both have zero. Okay, so I'm going to do this. When are consumers most likely to begin their holiday shopping in the United States? Okay, so this is as of September 2021. Okay. Okay, so it's in t- in this year, is right? It multiple choice. It is multiple choice. Oh, okay. The answers are A before October ends, B before Thanksgiving, C on or after Thanksgiving, D sometime in December, E in January. I'm saying <laughs> sometime in December. Okay. For, for this year. When do people on on average start their holiday shopping?
0: I think it's. Before Halloween.
1: Okay, and that is correct before October ends. What? 43%. that was was right. 43%. Uh, Who
2: are all you people being that organized? (laughs) But December, Meredith, really? That's kind of late. I love my family and friends,
1: but yeah, sometimes I wait that long. So let's talk about guilt messages a little bit. Some of them come from this very location. So you might've noticed we're in the kitchen. And one of the things we know is that some people who work in the kitchen send guilt messages to those who are not in the kitchen. So let's back up the train a little bit and talk about this type of person who's often in the kitchen called a heavy communicator. The heavy communicator is the person who tends to be the centerpiece of the social network. So what does that mean? That heavy communicator is the person that everyone runs the plans through that organizes what kind of things we're eating, that organizes who's coming at what time. They tend to be the center of the network now if you lined up a bunch of heavy communicators and you said okay so i'm going to get a hundred of them together <laughs> oh, no they're man. not heavy you no know, okay they're not heavy <laughs> they're, they're like, heavy communicators right you know, that's no. different like if you lined up a hundred of them in the united states 85 percent of them would be mom actually so it's very common for mom percentage. yeah very common for mom to be the heavy communicator so mom does an important role she knows whether you like ketchup whether you hate mayonnaise when mm-hmm. the kindergarten parade is She knows where your blue suit is, and she knows what size shoes you wear when she goes out to get you dress shoes. She knows all that information. So often it is mom in the United States who plays this role. Now, does that mean dad doesn't play a role? Not at all. If you come from a household where that's not true that mom is is not the heavy communicator, that doesn't mean anything. It just means that's how your culture and your family experience has gone. One of the things we want to talk about is this idea of the heavy communicator because we know that the heavy communicator often will tell you something. They will tell you they feel overworked. Mm. That is something that would be typical of out of the mouth of the heavy communicator would be they're overworked. Now let's fast forward to the holidays or even think of the one you just celebrated. Did the heavy communicator say things about having to do all the work Make all the food, do all the plans. Mm-hmm. It's pretty common for the heavy communicator to complain. If you think about the whole family system as a network, one of the things you would notice is that that heavy communicator is in the middle, and there's people that we consider isolates on the outside. Okay. The isolates are people who maybe don't do much of the work, and they might complain about how controlling the heavy communicator is, and the heavy communicator might complain, not necessarily in a functional way, but might complain about how the isolate sits. Okay. So you might have someone who maybe does all the food preparation and they'll say, oh, wouldn't it be nice if I could watch TV like you do all day? I've heard that.
2: You heard that one? <laughs> what else have you heard? Some, it's always things like, I wish I could be, I could do what that person's doing, which is just relaxing. Mm-hmm. Or I wish I wasn't so tired. Or, you know, I wish I had time to get ready, but I'm busy cooking.
1: Mm-hmm. So a guilt trip is sort of like a dysfunctional way of communicating maybe your needs or your preferences. And usually it's around telling someone they haven't done something or they should
0: be doing something. Mm. Right. But it's, it's but a dysfunctional. not directly doing. This. Oh, yeah. I need your help.
1: Yeah. So it's like. I wish I wasn't
0: so overworked right now.
1: Right. So you have the, the heavy communicator saying things like, well, someone had to make the dinner. Mm. Someone has to keep this family together. <laughs> Right? That's Someone you like that one. Someone has to be the one to do whatever fill in the blank, right? Okay. And so then the question becomes if that's the storm that you're facing, if that's the storm that you're going into on this journey into the holidays, we have to kind of call it out and say, what does it sound like? So we hear things like, I don't have the luxury. And it's usually toward people that maybe aren't doing something, but it Mm -hmm. presents an interesting question. What is it that you want them to do? But that usually the person communicating this guilt trip, they sort of do it in a passive aggressive, guilting kind of way.
2: Yeah. So
1: like I had this one situation where we, it was mother's day and I had young kids at the time and a friend was over and she said, oh, why don't you guys go out for like a glass of wine or something and I'll watch the kids for you. And I said, sure, that'd be great. That sounds great. Are you sure? Oh yeah, friend says no problem. So I go upstairs to get ready and I come back to overhear my friend saying to my children, oh, I'm a mother too, but I don't have the luxury of going out right now and doing something on my own time. Oh no. After they offered. After they offered. I hear this, so I think, how am I gonna handle this? So I said, you know, we don't have to go. She said, no, it's okay. It's fine. That's a, that's a guilt trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's because, you know, and I was like, wow, I don't have to even be doing this. This was your idea. Yeah. And so I said, do you want us not to go? Oh, no, it's okay. And now you- I'll just do it for you. So even now though you're
2: going to have a good time when it's that person's idea, but now you feel bad for doing it. But what do they yeah. want?
0: Like, do they want you to not do it or do they want you to do it, but then just feel bad about doing it?
2: Well, that, I don't mm. know. I think that's a
1: good question. But the thing is, is it's very hard not to ride on the guilt trip. It's very hard not to get sucked in. So you could say, well, you should have been smarter and kept yourself out of that. Mm. But you go and have that glass of wine and you, you're feeling it. Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That actually reminds me of something. Yeah. I was talking through so through all of getting ready for the series I've been asking some friends genuinely Mm -hmm. about things that they've experienced. And I have this friend and she lives far away from her family. And so she'll do holidays with whether it's someone she's in relationship with or when she wasn't, maybe just friends and family nearby, but didn't always have the luxury to pay for holiday plane tickets somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And also didn't have the luxury to always pay for her parents to fly over. Mm -hmm. And there's always this one parent of hers that she would say, you know, this is the nice holiday I had. And that one parent would always say, oh, I wish. I could afford to come out there to see you and then my my friend would always like she never knew like well am I supposed to now enjoy the rest of my holiday Mm -hmm. I I mean you're my parent I was tell you that I, I'm okay you know over here on my own far away from home right but instead is left like well should I have instead of done that saved my money to fly this one parent out now like wh- or what should I have done and it's interesting cause that started when this friend of mine was 18 when she first moved away and now she's like in her late 30s and it's the same story that many Ugh. years later it's like this is a nice thing I'm doing with my in-laws and then it's yeah. like oh I wish I could I, I, I wish I could, was able to do that for you or I wish I could fly you out here I wish I could be there with you mm-hmm. and it's because the parents are divorced and so there's this one parent that does it more often and it's hard Mm -hmm. to listen see her go through that yeah no No. for sure
1: and hard to not get sucked into the same pattern right
2: oh yeah yeah and hard to not get bitter like to just be like i'm not even going to tell you the fun i'm having because i don't want to hear it yeah (laughs) exactly
0: exactly I had a friend, we hadn't seen each other in a long time, so we were catching up. She was being like respectful, getting all these calls, but ignoring them, because she was with me. And then she got a text from the parent who was trying to contact her. Should I change my emergency contact? Um, because you never answer your phone. Oh! Whoa! <laughs> that is cold. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, like, just messed you up really hard with your parent. But... So
1: in your survival kit, you need a heavy jacket yeah. for that yeah, message. it's so like a
0: that's raincoat. A <laughs> I don't know if they were joking or serious,
1: but I was like, a little harsh.
0: Wow. Yeah, you know, it's
1: funny because when we think about family, we're full of these, what we call non-voluntary relationships. These are not the people we pick to be with. They just are our family. Stuck with them. <laughs> I was just gonna say <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, so you pick your partner, right? And you pick yeah. your friends, friends. yeah. yeah. And now we're back with people we didn't pick. Mm. And you're born into it. Like, I'm the youngest, so we're born into the whole thing's already done. Yeah. You're just yes. the last added on. And cherry on top, I like to yeah. the
0: Youngest. That's right. Of course, you guys would say that. Yeah, of course we would.
1: <laughs> the thing that's interesting about that is I find, just from my experience, that when you're speaking with a non voluntary relationship member, a lot of times they feel like more permission to say something, like on that
2: phone thing. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Where you would never say that to a friend.
0: Yeah. Because
1: yeah. they might actually not be your friend.
2: Yeah. You, like, you would just celebrate them if they're having a nice holiday. Yeah, you wouldn't like complain about your situation or you wouldn't, I don't know, you know, all that kind of stuff. meanest things we say maybe are with
1: the
0: people in our family. Yeah. You don't have to try as hard because they'll always be related to you. They'll un- yeah, always I mean, be there. You could break the relationship, like, yeah. break the relationship but they'll <laughs> yeah. always be related to you. Like.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think because I don't know if that permits more dysfunctional behavior. I sort of
2: think it does. I guess we got to solve this then, right? What do we do? I know. I was going to ask you what, what are some concrete examples, but as we're talking about it, it does make yeah. me think of previous episodes we have mm-hmm. talked about. And I feel like a lot of times, just in most things we discuss, boundaries seem to come back. Yeah. And then one that specifically sticks in my head is the one about uh, managing difficult people. And yeah. I love in the intro you discuss that these sometimes difficult people that cross those boundaries for us or that give us these guilt trips they're emotionally expensive and i'm like oh i can think of some emotionally expensive people that are non-voluntary people in my life (laughs) yeah
1: yeah (laughs) one of the things that we've talked about so often on the podcast is understanding what's your responsibility and what isn't yeah And I was thinking about that related to your example with the friend who has the parents that are not together. Is it that friend's responsibility to patch everything up? Mm. And you kind of ask yourself, what belongs to me? What do I actually own that I need to care about? And what is being pushed on me that maybe I don't need to care about anymore?
2: Yeah. Didn't you talk about that? We discussed that too in that episode about managing the difficult people is that mm-hmm. the boundaries, if they're people that you want to keep relationship with aren't about controlling that person because we can't do that, mm-hmm. but it's about knowing what we need and how mm-hmm. to be clear about those things. Right. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. And I think that's something I know in our next episode, we're going to talk about bad behavior. So that's a little shout out to the <laughs> yeah. to ch- Check it. us out next week. <laughs> it goes to that idea of just deciding what you need for nourishment. I mean, that's a survival kit kind of thing to say how am i going to stay nourished and how am i going to stay protected and the boundaries do the protection and maybe the first decision is what do i need to keep nourished i think i might be a heavy communicator i think you are i
0: think i am and i think it all goes through taylor everyone yeah
1: but i was it when my family was growing up yeah. yeah
0: i think of um stonewalling Mm-hmm. Because I think when you throw in a guilt trip, I don't know if you're just trying to be nasty or what your like goal is, but <laughs> also I think of emotional flooding. We've talked about mm-hmm. that in the Stonewalling episode, shutdown mode. And what emotionally flooding is, is a physical and physiological. Physical and psychological. I, I like how that sounded, though. Psychological and physiological. <laughs> yeah. Those are different. Both of those. And Both it, big words. So you're being like oh, overwhelmed. Body has a physical reaction mm-hmm. as well as your mind. But you go into um, the fight or flight.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: For those who are about to flight, what you do is you just close down. Mm-hmm. And that's either like you get on your phone, you look away from someone, you yeah. physically like leave, which yeah. I have experienced. So if you're experiencing someone stonewalling or you are doing it, what you taught us was to stop. Because I think one of the main points you mm-hmm. say is if you can't communicate well, then you shouldn't be communicating. Mm-hmm. So just stop the communication. It's not yeah. like, going to be productive. Stop it, but then often we just stop and like never come back to it, yeah. which I think yeah. is why we have all these issues with our family, because we're just like, oh, I'll just let it go, and then yeah. we never have any resolve. Hmm. All right. Too so maybe. Stop it, Shout but <laughs> make a plan to come back. You have to come back to it yeah. to resolve it. Stop. Make a plan of when we're going to actually talk about it, but you can't do it in the middle of being flooded, because you're so overwhelmed, mm-hmm. yeah. and you're shutting down. Mm-hmm. So then you need to stop thinking about it, which is, is the hardest one. Yeah, For the me, rumination. The rumination, because... Yeah. I just literally am like, oh, well, this is where they were wrong. This is what I should have said. This is what this I'm going to say read, next. This, oh, and replay. I just like go down yeah. my, arg- I start doing like an argument and building my debate, basically. Your case. What, yes. Yeah, my case, what I'm going to say next. Um, so don't do that. <laughs> don't do what, don't don't do be what like, I Taylor. always do. yeah. So stop, stop it. Make a plan when we're coming back. Don't keep thinking about it. And then go do self-care. Go mm-hmm. for a walk. Read a book. If you're like me, watch The Office. Take a break. That's what I'm talking about. And then, and then, really come back to the communication and have the result.
2: Okay. So, there's, so you separate your, your goal from this is like when you get in a guilt trip or get where someone gets flooded like that or freezes or shuts down or that kind of body movement. You, yeah. you did. I think is helpful to remove yourself and not. It's the replay is rumination,
0: right? Yeah. So not We're to like re go over it. it. Yeah. Okay. But That's also, hard. you can do this if you're the person experiencing the stonewalling. Mm-hmm. So you okay. can say like, Hey, like I can see. We're not having a productive conversation right now. Like yeah. let's take a break and let's come back to it in an hour. Do you wanna go for a walk? Yeah. I don't know.
2: Help the person yeah. get a pathway Offer out it of to them. It. Yeah. Maybe
0: they don't know how to get out of Stonewalling themselves. And
2: I was gonna ask you, what was the key you talk about, I think, in that episode, if I'm remembering right, that those have to be neutral. So you can't do like, I can tell you're obviously not gonna be good at this
0: conversation <laughs> you right, suck now. right now. With your right? Like, so you here's here's how little. a family
1: member would say it. A family I can see you're falling apart right now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, but seriously, right? what? A new guilt
2: trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a yeah, second, it. extra bonus guilt trip. What's that lesson, though, That about well, how do you do it in, in a neutral, like, non-threatening way to somebody so they want to re-engage with you?
0: Yeah. I mean, you could always blame it on yourself, right? Like, I'm feeling like we're not progressing in a positive way. And yeah. you bring it back on I language. Oh or even
2: I
1: think we need a break, right? hmm
0: from, I mean, like, from the relationship?
1: <laughs> from, we on. from the conversation. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. So let's get back to the heavy communicator cuz okay. one of the things that I was thinking about when we're talking about solving this is this idea that that heavy communicator says these messages, I wish I had the luxury to sit around all day mm-hmm. or I wish I could fill in the blank, right? But I have to do all the work or I have to do all the dishes. And I think we can do some planning ahead of time. If you if you hear those messages and you think to yourself, oh, that sounds exactly like my mm-hmm. fill in the blank. I don't know if it's going to be mom, but that sounds exactly like you oh, know maybe, her yeah. or him. Then maybe start thinking about having conversations before you arrive about where it can go wrong. If you hear the message that I never get help with the dishes or I wish I could sit around, you could go to that person and say, you mentioned last year that you wanted to have more time to, to sit. Is there something I can do that'll give you that time? Mm-hmm in asking that ahead of time.
2: Actually be willing to help. So you have to think about. Yeah,
1: be willing, <laughs> yeah. But, that, but you'd want the relationship. Yes. So yeah. theoretically you're willing to actually help. So things. you want to
0: have that communication before the event.
1: If you listen to these messages and you say, gosh, they sound so familiar. I've heard like that exact thing said by yeah. this family member. Then I would say, if that's the case, you know already what to talk about in preparation. Yeah. If the person says, why do I have to make all the food? And you hear that message a lot. Why not, you know, you just had Thanksgiving holiday, but now we're going into another set of holidays for many of you. What can you bring? What can you do to ease the workload? Are there things I can do the day before that will be helpful to you?
0: Yeah. And if that heavy communicator is like, oh, no, no, I, I got it. Yeah, <laughs> then I, that's their choice. Yeah. And then do just acknowledge, like, do you remember when... I offered to help you, and you didn't want I it. I mean, you that's a little,
1: that's a little reverse yeah. guilt trip back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a little, uh... No, I mean, I don't know that I'd say, let's get a bully stick and hit him back with it. But what I would say is, I think that gets you out of the guilt trip, I think. If somebody says, I wish I could take the day off, I wish I could just eat and not do and put in the work or whatever, yeah. then. I think if you offered and you honestly tried to, ahead of time, help that, and the person still doesn't want help, I think the guilt goes away. At yeah. least as does for you, me. You know yeah, the guilt I but feel less because I'm just, like, they
0: just still might try to give it yeah. to you. They so
1: heavy really communicators also need to
2: lean in this year.
1: So let's say you're hearing these and you're saying that sounds like That's me. A, yeah. Like, oh no, I'm the one that says this kind of thing. Maybe start thinking about the reverse of that, which is asking for help or asking mm-hmm. for participation in ways that your messages talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And mm-hmm. communicating that to people instead of having the negative feelings maybe at the end and then saying these messages. Let's be honest, we say things we don't mean. And so we hear it come out of our mouth and, and that's not to have anyone feel bad about that. Yeah. It's just to say, yeah. if you hear that, That's data that something maybe needs to change. You know, I like to say data Data. whenever I can. Like every podcast. Planning and data. Every every (laughs) podcast, I'm going to try to put planning in and data as often as I can. But I I heard this quote that I think would be a good one to kind of wrap this up and to think about and to say, okay, at the end of the day, I can't change yesterday. That's the quote. I can't change yesterday. One of the things that you and I might do is we might still, because we care so much about this person who's giving us the guilt trip, we might say, I wish that it was nicer between us, or I wish they didn't feel like saying these things to me. And we can almost get self-guilting, yeah. so to speak, right? We can start putting ourselves on that guilt trip. Yeah. And what I would say is, since you can't change yesterday, then the only thing left is to change today or tomorrow, right? Collect the data
2: and make yep. the plan. You love it. Yeah. I love it. Go team. Okay.
1: Once again, thank you for joining us today. Please remember to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. And thank you for listening to Asking for a Friend.
0: Let us know what you thought of the episode. Our email is hello at afafpodcast.com. This show is for educational purposes only and is copyrighted. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting. Thanks for listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk. Talk.